Hello everyone, Reflection Reset with Maria and Tina, the favorite show that moved to Monday yeah. I know, I know. Um, so tell, tell me, how was your weekend? Rainy, good. I was on my very fair, the high seas of rain because his girlfriend, first mate, couldn't handle it. So she drove my car and I had to go on the boat. But it was oh. great. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah, it was a beautiful weekend. I actually... Here, went... not up there where I was. It was raining all weekend. Yeah, no, we had Friday night. I have to tell you that I decided on Friday night after working that I had to go for a run. I, it, it gave me like, you know, uh, when I was training for the marathon, yeah. um, I started to really wanting to go out there because the weather was priceless. It was beautiful. Yeah, Friday night was nice. Yeah. So, but I know you're not here to listen to what we did on the weekend. Yes, you are. <laughs> we're very interesting what we do on weekends. <laughs> you get to see a lot of it on social media. True. Um, but today we decided to continue with our show talking about school, going back to school as we are getting close and closer to having our kids go back to school. I know my daughter is getting closer and uh, we're getting ready. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen. Right. There's still a lot of unknown. Are we doing the hybrid? Are we doing virtual completely? I think now a lot of people are moving towards um, the, ver the hybrid. Half and half, actually. They, yeah. yeah, they're going half in and half out. But yeah. uh, I don't know how that's going to pan out, especially for the kids that have to do it virtually. But we're going to learn about this now. Exactly. So we have a special guest that Gina is going to introduce so we can continue the conversation. Yes. So we're going to welcome Christine Maggio. Who is who has been a teacher for over 20 years. And Christy, I know that you have a lot of experience now with you know teaching all levels of education, and you can tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can talk about the challenges that these kids are facing and the teachers, actually. But welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Yes, um, I have been in education for over 20 years um, and just uh, about 10 years ago almost that I have my got my um, uh, my diploma in also my second master's in educational leadership so I have kind of been working that role and um, I have been living for the past seven years in the Dominican Republic and I have had my own school here for um, for four years now and so I think that that right now everybody is kind of like what what do we do I know a lot of the talk has been how do we keep kids safe how do we keep our children um, healthy how do we keep our families healthy how do we keep kids healthy but the other main um, topic that so many people just don't have any answers for right now how do I help my children at home? And um, and that is is something that many people are have questions about. And I know that where I'm from, I'm originally from Rome, New York, from upstate. So my mom was telling me the other day how they've decided that for the first six weeks they're going back virtual. And my sister is in in Richmond, Virginia, and they're starting. 100% virtual also, which is a big concern for so many 
um, parents, especially those that don't know how to help their children or what to do. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so that's what, um, I'd like to, to help and, and, and talk about a little bit today with you guys. So Christy, first of all, being a Dominican, uh, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing in the Dominican Republic. It was heartwarming to me to know that when I met you, that this is, you know, you fell in love with the Dominican Republic and the impact of creating a school in an underserved area. Uh, it's, uh, I'm extremely grateful for that and uh, really have a lot of respect for you that uh, you decided to really learn the language completely because you, I was actually interviewed um, by Christy in, uh, in it was a full interview in Spanish. Mm. So it's, I was pretty impressed. So we're, we're very happy that you're, you have joined us. Um, definitely understand the challenges of having, you know, if they're going to be doing virtual teaching. I mean, I have my daughter, like I have to figure out what to do. And I have a lot more means to be able to figure it out, uh, who's going to help her and where it, it who's going to stay with her because we still have to work. So the challenges of having to get somebody to ba to babysit, um, it's also something very real. Yeah. So yeah. how, what do you think is the best way for us parents to help our kids while they're doing these, um, virtual, virtual classes? Well, the first of all, the the with with your daughter, luckily, you know, she's 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 older, and and even though um, it is, it's still challenging because you want to make sure she's getting the full education she possibly can. Um, you know, at least for in that scenario, in that situation, you know, the the teachers um, and their her ability to be able to follow things online on her own are a little bit easier than they would be in um for younger for younger children um so however though that still doesn't mean that it's not going to be just as as, as difficult you know some children excel in being um on their own and and working on their own and others need that extra support and that extra help. However, if they have parents such as yourself who need to go to work, that is the other big question as to what do, what do these children, what do these children, what do these parents do? And, um, and that is really the difficult question to answer right now also. However, um, in, in this scenario, I think a lot of people, a lot of parents are also concerned because at the end of the school year last year, things were kind of really just quickly put together and um, in a very short period of time. And they're probably afraid also that, you know, whatever happens, kids are going to kind of be on their own and parents are going to be having to do the majority of the work. Now in the United States, um, the, the scenario hopefully won't be, you know, that way and that they will have their teachers and their schedule classes depending on, on how they return to school. 
And I think that for a lot of the school districts whose parents have decided that they want them to um, return or not return to school, but stay home, I think that those um, they're going to be, a lot of the schools are going to be streaming the classes so that the kids at home can be watching the class as it is happening in the classroom during the day for those parents that, that can stay, um, that don't want to return their kids to school. However, I'm not 100% certain about that. I do know, however, a lot of parents um, are concerned about here and there, our internet connection, um, are concerned about um, having the technology to to do um, the lessons with with the parents and things like and with their kids. And I think that that's one of the things that I want to talk about today um, is that even if a parent has the technology, laptop, um, but doesn't have a stable interconnect connection, that is going to be a challenge. Um, however, there are ways around that that I discovered in, in being here because the first year that I had opened the school here, um, I didn't have internet in, in the school. So how do you ensure that you're still able to do interactive lessons and be able to give these kids um, diverse uh, things and be able to project things up on a, on a board, and, and so to speak. And that is with a simple memory. Um, you know, if it happens that uh, schools or school districts are unable to ensure that um, all of the kids have internet or Wi-Fi connections. They can easily uh, download the information, videos, whatever it might be that the kids need for that week's lessons on a memory. And either weekly or, or bi-weekly, however they are doing the lesson plan, it's one way to kind of get around the um, the need for the internet at, at that point in time. Also for some parents who maybe don't have a laptop or would, but would like to have apps on their tablets or phones for the kids to use, there are a lot of educational resources out there that you don't necessarily need an internet connection once you've downloaded the app. For example, um, for example, Khan Academy is one of them. PBS Kids um, is another one. Sesame Street has different apps, Elmo apps, things like that that you can use um, that you don't necessarily need to have an internet connection once you've downloaded the app. So, so even if um, so, these are ways to get around. The, the internet um, portion of it. And I know that that is really a concern. So I, I, I hear you talking a lot about technical difficulties, but I feel almost like parents today have to learn how to homeschool their children. Because 
yes, you have issues with internet and you have issues with connectivity with the teacher or even attention span for the younger ones. You know, how to, it's almost like you, the moms or the, the parents need lessons on how to homeschool because that seems to be the direction where it's going. You become, Maria, for your example, you become a partner with the teacher because you, the lessons have to be taught. She may not have these, and your daughter is different because your daughter is, you know, very <laughs> smart and very focused. But kids that aren't have a very difficult time, and it's going to be up to the parents to be able to keep that child focused and, you know, getting through their lessons. They need to learn how to homeschool. That's the direction and, I'm thinking. You I think a lot of times too is is what I've seen in a lot of parents from from my own personal standpoint is that in order to be able to do that, you have to have a set discipline or way with, with the kids. Because a lot of households, the kids are the ones that are in charge in what happens and the parents are not. And so it, the role definitely needs to be reversed and parents need to be firm on that or else it's going to be really difficult for um, for the child and the parent. And my first uh, set of advice that I give parents is, first of all, don't go doing it on your kitchen table if it's possible, um, or if you're in a small space, make sure that you kind of make a little space in which it can be your child's workspace because if they're working from home, they need to get mentally, all right, this is my workspace. This isn't just the space where I eat, the space where I watch TV, the space where I, uh, you know, do everything else, you know, and, and it can be done in a fun way, such as, you know, uh, decorating it a little bit, putting up maybe a calendar um, so that the kids are also in, taking part in creating what they need to do. And then when they know when they go and sit there from this time to this time, then they know that that is, their mind is mentally set in, okay, it's time for school as opposed to it's time for breakfast or, or whatever. And that does really, really help because when their mindset gets into it, then they're ready to work. Another suggestion is create a schedule with your child. You know, if you if the, if the school is providing a specific schedule, okay, 8:30 is this class on Zoom or 9:45 is this one, you know, structure that time in the middle as to things that they could be doing when that time is when um, lunchtime is, or when they're supposed to do some exercise, and and work that into a schedule that you guys create together. Have them draw it. Have them, you know, have them make it themselves and to make it their own and hang it up so that they know every day that at eight o'clock I have English ELA and then at and but it ends at eight. 45 and then I don't have another class till 10 o'clock. So 
what are you going to do with that time in between? Because I'm sure that they're going to need to be doing some sort of, of, of schoolwork, whether it's an, it's an app or a writing or art or something. So once the school hands out what time the specific classes will be online, create a schedule with your child around that. Because the more that you involve them in creating this, the more that they're going to take ownership of it. And I think that's really, really important um, as a way to help in, in doing this. Yeah, Christy, I also think um, what I've noticed with my daughter's friend is that they sort of have control over when to sleep. And I think parents, because of COVID, you know, they, you're sort of a little tired mm -hmm. and parents might get tired before the kids get tired. And then we just let them go to sleep at whatever time they want. And I remember my daughter telling me that she's getting texts at 12 o'clock in, you know, in the morning. Oh, at 12 o'clock. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, so they, from they friends. have from from friends, friends and obviously I try, I even told my daughter, we are going to sleep. Like if you were going to school right now. Uh, we're starting to get used to changing the the time because you the kids are out of control. They don't have a schedule like you were saying. It is important to create a schedule. And uh, when you're home, I think what you just said is very important that you create a space that it almost feels like they're going to school. So they're coming out of their room uh, and not doing everything in their room. And I know that at the beginning, even with my daughter, she would get up and she would go to her room and she had a desk in her room. Now we took it out. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that she's, if when she has to be at home, if he, and if would feel like she is going to school by going to school at home. I also, mm -hmm. you know, I'm listening to both of you speak and I am very concerned about the underserved community. Obviously, you know, this is a big passion of mine. Um, the focus that we need to have as parents to be able to make sure that our kids are learning. I mean, the, the underserved community that is working two to three jobs, the undocumented population that are working, they're not gonna have time to be able to, um, you know, make sure that the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Many of them will be left at home alone uh, to be able to sort of- Navigate their own- Navigate, yeah. yeah. And, that is, that's a major concern that I have when I was listening, like what you said, it takes a lot of effort to sort of learn to homeschool your child. Many of the Latino parents, and I go back to, you know, where my mission is, they don't have, even, they cannot even speak English. Right. And then new math and all the new, I mean, don't how, ask are they, me. how are they going to help? My daughter cannot ask me. I have to go to school to help my daughter. There is no way that I could do many of the things that she has to do. Yeah. And so now, now put yourself in their position and yeah, they're behind the eight ball. I think here the important part is, is that they're, un this, is a, this is a huge issue and a huge, uh, is going to be a huge difficulty, especially with younger kids. Um, because the younger the child is, the more help that these children are going to need. And really, if you think about it, it is in kindergarten, first, second grade, where they get their early literacy skills and, and everything. And, um, and so if a parent is working 
what are what are they going what are what are these parents going to do? And unfortunately, in in that scenario, I I, I don't even have an have an answer for that because that is going to be uh, a huge situation. However, parents that, for example, don't necessarily know how to help their children, I think it's really important, especially with the technology to getting and and access to the lessons and everything. I think it's really important that they, um, that the school themselves find a way to ask the parents, do you know how to do this? Because they're going to need to be trained. If that's the only way they're gonna be able to access their child's work, they need to somehow learn how they're going to access that work. You know, last year, I, I mean, I remember when I first did this, a lot of parents have no idea how to go into the platform and find what they need to find. And I would literally take video of myself, you know, of the screen, holding the phone and taking video and showing them where they had to go and where they had to press and where they had to log in so that the parents would be able to know where to go and how to get the, the, the work. So that this way, okay, you're literally taking them step by step on how to access their, their child's work. And the child can, can watch it too. And usually the child's gonna end up becoming much better than the parent at accessing the, the work once, once they do it a few times, right? Um, I think also uh, that that's definitely one way to do it. And I think that if, if parents are having difficulty, if in a classroom they have an open communication with, with the child's teacher and saying, listen, I don't know how to do this, whether it be by phone or email or however, um, that I'm certain that the teachers will will help them so that the kids can access the, the information. Now, once they access the information, it has to be a way that the parents are able to, to read and understand, especially for the lower kids, you know, I'm talking for the, for the younger kids, be able to read and understand what lesson and what work needs to be done. And that really needs to be clear and, and concise. However, as you stated, in, in the under, underserved communities, communities where parents don't speak the language, they're going to have to really um, ask for help from, um, what happened? We can hear you. Sorry, um, they're really going to have to, to ask for help maybe from a neighbor, from a friend. Um, I was, when I was talking uh, last week to someone, one of the things that I, I thought would be a great idea, how you guys do right now telemedicine, a great idea would be like tele-education um, mm -hmm. in, in the sense where there's a lot of university students that are in education, there's a lot of retired teachers right now in that, you know, may not be opposed to buddying with 
with the family and um, or helping if necessary with with parents that that need that kind of that kind of assistance. And I think that it's not that difficult. I don't think to to put into place. It's it's a little bit in you know in the works, uh, or it's a little bit more detailed. However, it, it's also a possibility. But I also think that that parents too, if they need help, are going to need to ask for the help so that they can so they can get it. And um, asking is is the first is the first step. And if they don't know how to do it. Then you know that's where they have to go to the school to get to get that that assistance. Yeah, I'm sure you know the schools um, are going to have to have some sort of way to help the you know the parent, the parents. So uh, we're hoping for that. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about is um, having limitations with your children when it comes to social uh, social media or uh, if they have telephones, which many of the kids do. Um, I know my daughter just got hers and she's almost 13. I, I waited as long as I could, but we're always go, talking about how many hours did you spend on the, on the screen? You know, because you, you're able to see on the phone how much time they're spending on social media, at least on the smartphones, are you able to see that? So I think, uh, what, what do you think the, the role of cellular phones and all this access to social media place uh, right now when they have so much time in their hands right well hopefully when they're going when they go back to school they won't have as much as much time on their hands because if they're really doing the the set work that's being assigned to them then that will be that will be a lot of you know a lot for them to take into or to do you know and if they're going to do it if they're going to do it well um especially for middle school and high school you know and and it's going to be there's a lot of uh reading and in history and you know math and and all of those those things that that take that can take a that should take a fairly decent amount of time however um when you're talking about social media the really important thing is that parents monitor what their children are doing because this right now is a clear time that bullying cyberbullying um you know people sending out messages and uh i just had a, a scenario with that happened with my niece and um and somebody saying something to her and it was just one of those things that if parents are aware of what children are doing and parents are communicating with other parents, you know, cause it just so happened that this mom had no idea what, what her daughter was doing or saying. And then, but by letting them know, then they were able to say, okay, well, you know what? We're going to have to, to cut you from this because a lot of times with the Snapchat, the TikTok, all of these things, you know, Things are being sent out there and put out there that kids just don't know how to necessarily control yet. And it's so much easier to say something mean when you don't have to say it to their face. And, um, and I think that parents need to take the phones away. You know, if you have a set time when your child can use their phone, 
then you have a set time and it's from this time to this time. And if they are, and you can use it as a tool also for your child to, uh, if they're, you know, if they're not performing the way they need to be, or if they're giving you difficulty, um, then you know what, you, you don't want to do this, then you're not going to be able to use your phone during your, your allotted time to do it. And I always find that children tend to, whether it's behave better or do what they're asked to do when they know that there is a consequence of which they really like the most. If your consequence is, well, you just won't be able to watch TV and they really don't watch TV to begin with, well, they're not really going to care then whether or not they they do what you're asking them to do. Um, and so discipline and, and ensuring that your kids are just doing well and, and doing as, as you're asking them, as their teachers are asking them, has to come with something yet that in which if they don't do A, then they won't be able to do B. And B has to be something that is important to them or it's not going to matter. You're teaching them to negotiate, <laughs> right? You're negotiating with them. However, it is kind of a negotiation. However, um, I had a mom come to me the other day and the her son said, well, I'll stop crying in the dentist office if I can do this, 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 and this. That's not proper negotiation. The negotiation should have been, you sit here and you do what you're supposed to be doing, and then when we get home, you know, I won't take those things away from you, right? So there's, there's the art of negotiation, however, I want to do it and it, it, it has to be, it's a positive thing because if you don't have something in which they don't want taken away from them, really it seems like negotiation, but really the parents are still in control. They're in control and that's the important part um, because in that scenario that I just gave you, the little boy was in control. He's the one that was sitting there. Well, I, I'm not going, I'll stop carrying on the way I am. However, if you want me to, I need you to do this, this, this for me. And that's that the child is in control at, at that point in time. Uh, so, so yes. Okay. So we are getting close to the end. And before the end, we wanted to learn about books. Yeah, sure. So do you have any suggestions for parents um, uh, book-wise to read because of these times and how they need to step up to the plate? Is there any type of any book that you can recommend to a parent to kind of adjust to uh, helping their children? Oh, um, unfortunately, I don't really um, have a specific book for them in how to to cope at this point in time however i do think that it's really important for them not only to 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 do social emotional things with their children one thing that i really wanted to touch on at this moment before is there's a couple things first is 
reading with your children is very, very important. Um, and so I don't have a specific book that helps parents. However, to read with, with your child is so important. And there are a lot of free um, online books that parents can go to. Um, there's Epic Books. Um, there are um, other sites. There's Khan Academy. that They can go on and get social emotional and free books in English and Spanish um, in which they can be able to read um, to their children. Yes, that's it there. And if they, um, if your school is a part of it, you can use it for free. Um, so that is, that is the great, that's the greatest part. And it doesn't cost anything for a school to, to sign up for it because I, I use it. Um, and the other, the other thing that, um, I wanted is that there's a lot of things that parents, maybe that they think that they're doing at home, but they don't know that they're really teaching their, their kids things. Um, so like cooking is considered an activity that's a learning activity. Um, meal planning, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and how to make a, a, a healthy meal and a healthy meal plan. Um, even teaching your children about the budget or how to, okay, so if I'm going to go to the store, mommy has this amount of money and I'm going to do this, then that's something else that, 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 these are all activities of learning, checking the weather in the morning, doing the calendar, um, a puzzle, music. There's, I have a whole whole list of things. Even if you're even writing in a letter or an email to a friend or a text message, but doing it in um, with the child is. They're all. These are all ways of learning. And I have a lot of these things on um, the Facebook page. It's called United by Education, um, in which parents can go and they can find a lot of um, other parents who have uh, put on their um, different ideas and different activities um, of what they can do with their children at home that are simple, easy uh, learning activities to do, to do with, with the children at home. So unfortunately, I don't have a specific book. However, I'm happy to answer any questions um, I, you can reach me by the, that Facebook page. There's also my email, um, which is, uh, Christy at, uh, Maggio Multicultural Foundation.org, which I think, um, uh, I can put on there. It's really, there's a lot of things that I'm, I know we're running out of time, but that I'm really happy to give more advice on. So uh, for all of you that are listening, we will be putting all of this information on the feed, on the comments below the show so that you'll be able to get the um, website and your social media page and all of that. We will have it there. Um, Christy, thank you so much. Um, we always say all things come to an end. So good things come, uh, good, good things come to an end. Uh, that's why I have her right next to me helping, supporting me. Um, but we want to thank you for joining the show and uh, we want to thank all of you for listening and, us and supporting us and uh, we're here for you. Remember that if you like the show, like give us, us, give us a thumbs like. up. Okay. And remember that at 4 May, our, our mission, mission is your health.
Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.